And happy birthday to you, David, right? It's your birthday coming up yeah, next week. Chav Beis. Chav Beis is your birthday. 22nd of El, right? 22nd of El, right. Mechaim, Mechaim. Yeah, but today is everyone's birthday. Today is the birthday of Baal Shem Tev, the birthday of the Rebbe. So, uh, <laughs> we learned yesterday the meaning of the second covenant that Hashem made with the Jewish people when they arrived in Israel. We basically... Just to review briefly what we did yesterday. Going to Israel was a step up in one way and a step down in a big way in another way. It was a step up because they're going to fulfill God's purpose in creation of making a home for Hashem in the lowest realm, the physical world, and actually doing mitzvahs. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu prayed to go to Israel. He wanted to go to Israel to be able to do all the mitzvahs. That's why Israel is called a spacious land. It's a land where, where the light of Hashem can, can find an appropriate vessel. But because of the challenge of engaging with the physical, Hashem made a new covenant with us. This new covenant was that no matter what's going to happen, we're not going to lose the connection we had with Hashem on the higher level. In other words, we're going to connect our new our new environment with our with our true reality that we know in our heart is, is the emes. We're going to connect in the language of the Rebbe, the higher level of unity with the lower level of unity. There was one mimer that the Rebbe Rashab said without preparing for. Um, I think the mimer is called, I, wrote, I, wrote, I arose to open the door for my beloved. Simchas Terah mimer. So this mimer um, has a lot of unusual expressions in it, and uh, one of them is that the Rebbe speaks about the godly energy that um, emerges after the tzimtzum. It's called the kav. The kav is the minimal energy that was released post tzimtzum to to create, to uh, allow there to be all different creatures that exist. There had to be a tzimtzum. So the tzimtzum is what conceals the godly energy, and, it's, and the kav is what emerges after the tzimtzum, to, which is, the word kav means, kav has many meanings. One of them is a, a measuring rod, because the kav is what measures what each creature needs to exist. So the kav is a lower level of godliness than before the tzimtzum. Before there was a tzimtzum, there was a clear, there was a clear revelation of the infinite light of Hashem. And all, there, and all there was, was a revelation of the infinite light of Hashem, nothing else. So Rebbe Hashem put it this way in this mimer. He said, this, this kav, this, this godly ray of energy, this tiny ray of energy that emerges after the tzimtzum, it may emerge after the tzimtzum, but it remembers the way it was before the tzimtzum. It remembers what life was like before tzimtzum. So that's, in a way, the promise. The word bris means connection. The promise that we made when we came to Eretz was that we're going to go into this new reality. We're not going to forget who we are. It, it sounds very similar to uh, Yosef and going to Mitzrayim and Yosef naming his first son Menashe. 
So Rebbe explained why the name is son Menashe. He didn't want to forget about his father's house. So therefore, he specifically named his son Menashe, which, mean, which means to forget, to say, I don't want to forget my father's house. I'm in a place <clears throat> that can cause me to forget my father's house. I'm in an environment of forgetfulness. And I'm promising, I'm naming my son Menashe, so I shouldn't forget where I come from. So that's the meaning of the bris, of the covenant that we made with Hashem when we entered enter Israel. that we're not going to lose that perspective. We're not going to, just because we're going to a new environment to engage in a new task, we're not going to uh, lose sight of, of the truth that we knew in the desert, that there's nothing besides Hashem, and the higher level of unity will, will permeate the lower level of unity, the lower perspective that we need to use to engage in, 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 with the physical. It was one Fabrengen. It's on video, you could see it. I think it was actually Chayel Fabrengen. The Ebbe said, after Ebbe explaining, explaining a certain a concept and a certain thing that needs to be done, and then after the entire long explanation, the Ebbe says, and after all the explanations, and after all the calculations, the main thing is, Nyet, Nyet, Nikava, the main thing is nothing besides Hashem. So that's, that's the. Uh, the synergistic energy needed going to Eretz Yisrael. You have to engage with the physical. You have to know how to engage with the physical. But at the same time, you have to realize, yet, yet, that's nothing. It's nothing besides Hashem. Okay. So that's the covenant that we made with Hashem when entering Israel. Now we're going to see, as I mentioned yesterday, how this also applies to Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah in time is what Israel is in space. Because think about it. Rosh Hashanah introduces a new reality. Rosh Hashanah introduces a physical world. Before the Rosh, it was Rosh Hashanah, all there was was the higher level revelation before creation. Rosh Hashanah introduces a lower kind of reality. So there also needs to be a covenant regarding Rosh Hashanah, regarding this new reality that Hashem made. Let's, let's first turn inside. Eis Gimel. Mamash the Alter Rebbe continues. Again, today is the birthday of the Baal Shem Tev and the Alter Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe said there are three different dimensions. There is Olam, which means space. Shana, there is time. And Nefesh, there is the individual, the soul. There's space, time, and the individual. Just like this exists in the world. Israel so too, in the year, we also have a concept of Israel. In the year, and that is Rosh Hashanah. And that's why we read this Torah portion before Rosh Hashanah. The title of this Mimer is This Day, Hashem Commands You, etc. This day that the Torah refers to, refers to the day of Rosh Hashanah. When did Hashem command us? When did Hashem make us this covenant with us? Rosh Hashanah. Every year before Rosh Hashanah, we need to make a covenant anew with Hashem to receive the Torah. Hashem commands us to do all the mitzvahs. So before Rosh Hashanah, we need to have a covenant. Why is there a new covenant in Rosh Hashanah? 
we got the Torah on the sixth day of Sivan. Why is there a new covenant or Shashan? This is because Rosh Hashanah is identical with the oral Torah. Rosh Hashanah is the day that we incarnate Hashem as our king. The idea of incarnating Hashem as our king is identical with the oral Torah, and it's identical with what Israel is. And why is that? So there are ten godly energies in the world of Atzilus. The lowest of those godly energies is called Malchus. Malchus means sovereignty. But sovereignty in Kabbalah doesn't mean the same as it means in our experience. In our experience, sovereignty is about Sovereignty could be about many things. Sovereignty could be about an ego trip. Sovereignty could be about wanting to be a dictator, wanting to feel power. Sovereignty in Kabbalah is about connecting with a uh, with the outside. Sovereignty is about bringing where you are and who you are to the outside, to, so, to, to a reality which is beneath you. Sovereignty is about leadership and caring about some about someone who is in a different and lower realm than you are. So on Shoshana, it says that Hashem remembers us. The meaning of remembering us is that Hashem is infinite and we are negligible in comparison to Hashem's infinite light. So Hashem's desire to lead us, to be a king over us, is something which isn't um, something that is created because of our um, great worth Rather, the opposite, we're negligible in comparison to Hashem's reality. So why does Hashem want to be a king over us? It's like a human being being a king over ants, bugs. No one want to be a king over ants. So why does Hashem want to be a king over us? So it's not because of something that we give Him. Not something that we give Hashem. But because we give this to Him, therefore... We, we give him power, we give him strength. Rather, it's the opposite. It's because of Hashem's um, great love for us and his covenant he made with us that Hashem decides to uh, create us and take care of us. It's because of Hashem's loving bond with us. But in order to evoke this loving bond, we have to also evoke our loving bond with Hashem. To reveal this loving bond. The theme of Rosh Hashanah, Binyan HaMalchus, is to renew Hashem's interest, so to speak, in creation. The Rebbe once said that those who have luminous eyes could see Rosh Hashanah, there's a different kind of energy in creation. Hasidus compares the night of Rosh Hashanah to a person who is weary, He's working, but he's weary. He's not interested in what he's doing. On Rosh Hashanah, there is a withdrawal of God's pleasure in creation. God, so to speak, loses his interest in creation. And it's not that he actually does lose interest completely, because if he did, there wouldn't be a world. The analogy the Rebbe gave is of a father hiding from his children. On Rosh Hashanah, Hashem, so to speak, says, 
I lost my interest. Now, what do you guys want to do? Hashem, so to speak, plays this game of hide-and-go-seek and says, I'm not interested, I'm, I'm hiding. Do you guys want me? So just like on the day when a king is coronated, all the people come before the king and they abnegate themselves and they say, long live the king, and they totally devote themselves to follow the king. And their subservience to the king evokes in the king this desire to want to lead them. In a similar way, our devotion from our very soul, from our very core, to Hashem, on Shoshana, that renews Hashem's interest, so to speak, in creation. That's why it's so important, Rosh Hashanah, to say words of Tehillim throughout Rosh Hashanah. It, the main thing we do Rosh Hashanah is not serve Hashem in a specific way. Every other holiday has a specific way of serving Hashem. Rosh Hashanah is a coronation day. Rosh Hashanah is not about... Um, doing something Hashem asked us to do specifically, it's more about accepting that Hashem is our king in the first place. It's not about fulfilling one of Hashem's desires, it's more about saying we belong to Him. And throughout the, the day, the 48 hours of Rosh Hashanah, we're supposed to just constantly uh, do acts of service for Hashem. We're like servants who are serving their master. That's what, that's what the theme is. But again, it's not supposed to be just with a dry uh, external performance, but it's supposed to be coming from the depth of our neshama, the depth of our soul. So when we reveal this in ourselves, Rosh Hashanah, this causes Hashem, so to speak, to have a renewed interest in creation, to have again pleasure in creation. And that pleasure, as much pleasure as God has in creation, that's how much energy the world will have in the coming year. Consistent to Hashem's uh, satisfaction with our devotion to Him will be the new light of energy that comes to the world. But Shoshana is called the head of the year. It's a source of godly energy for the, uh, for the entire year, and that's why we have this funny name, head of the year. Why do we call it the head of the year? Other, other, all other civilizations and uh, all other uh, cultures call their new year, new year. We're the only ones who call it the head of the year. There are different um, schools that have uh, principles, and some schools call their, their teacher, their top person, the head of school. So we call our new year the head of the year because there are three reasons. One of them is because from the head of, just like from the head, the body receives energy from the head, so too, or Shoshana is when Hashem gives, so to speak, a new battery of energy for the year. So it's a source of energy for the year. Another reason why Rosh Hashanah is compared to a head is because just like the head is, just like the head is um, way, way above the rest of the body, so to Rosh Hashanah, the godly light that shines Rosh Hashanah is far beyond all the days of the year. And therefore the uh, decisions we make Rosh Hashanah are very potent and, and, and Hashem allows us to, whenever a Jew decides Rosh Hashanah, Hashem gives them the ability to, to uh, those, those decisions can affect the rest of the year. Just like the head governs what happens in the body, so too the decisions we make on Shoshana, they impact how, whatever is going to happen throughout the year. So Rosh Hashanah is when Hashem renews His pleasure for creation and commensurate again with His pleasure in why He enjoys the world and what He enjoys about the world. That's what he creates. That's what he gives. So, 
the previous Rebbe once said that although he appointed certain people to become, to get involved in business, he said this is only a kavan chitzenis, this is only external intent. He has a deeper intent. Deeper intent is that they should spread godliness in the world through their engagement in business, through their giving stock, and also through their very presence wherever they are, making a Kiddush Hashem, sanctifying God's name, by acting honestly, and inspiring those people around them in their, in their field. So Hashem grants us and gives us the reality that we're in because of the pleasure that it causes Him. The, all the things that, we're, that we have, the physical things that God gives us, they're all meant to create a home for Hashem. As Alter Rebbe said, God gives the Jewish people the physical in order that we should make from the physical the spiritual. So looking back at the past year, Hashem says, okay, I gave all these physical things, now what, what, what pleasure does this cause me? Or what is, what's going to happen this coming year? And, and that's what the, the renewal of, of Malchus is. Hashem renews His pleasure in creation and decides on Rosh Hashanah to give the world a new light, a new energy that sustains. And from the head energy, it trickles down to all the limbs of the body, to all the days of the year. So Rosh Hashanah is similar to Israel in the following way. Just like Israel, on the one hand, is the place where God's deepest desire is fulfilled. On the other hand, it's about a new foreign reality. It's about a, a reality which is um, disassociated with the uh, bliss the Jewish people experienced in the desert. So to Rosh Hashanah, Hashem introduces a new reality, creates a new world. And this new world, this new entity that Hashem created, on the one hand, it satisfies God's deepest desire in creation. On the other hand, it's a place which is naturally a oilam, a, the, the word world in Hebrew means a place that conceals godliness, a place that hides godliness, a place that we don't see Hashem's presence. He wants a home in the lowest realm. So because on Rosh Hashanah, we are introduced to a new world, to a new year, Hashem gives a whole new year, a whole new creation, so therefore, we have to make a covenant with Hashem that we're going to fulfill Hashem's intent in creation, that we're going to deal with this new reality, and we're going to bring the truth of Yehudi Allah, the truth that we know in our, in our Neshamas, into this new reality. Although it's a foreign reality, although it's a physical reality, it's a reality that conceals godliness, we make a covenant with Hashem that we're not going to let go, that we're going to stay connected to Him even in this, in this new foreign reality. So that's how Rosh Hashanah in time is what Israel is in space. And that's also the reason why we say in our prayers, Zeh We say, this is the day, the beginning of your works. Why do we say, this is the day? So Chassidus explains that the word this is a word that expresses the, 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 a vivid revelation. Something you point out with your fingers and say, this is what it is. Like when we cross the Reed Sea, and everyone was able to see Hashem's presence, Everyone said, this is my God and I will glorify Him. Everyone felt Hashem's presence in a very vivid way. So that's what the point of Rosh Hashanah is, that Mashiach should come. Rosh Hashanah is about the purpose of creation, that God's presence should be revealed in the world in a way that we should vividly point at and say, this is my, this is my God, it should be something that's, that, that, that's revealed. So Hashem entrusts us and believes in us and empowers us, which is really the, the meaning of, of every birthday, which today is the birthday of the Baal Shem and the Alter Rebbe, and the way it's all our birthdays, 
it's because the 18th of Elul <coughs> is the, well, the first and the last 12 days of the year, and it corresponds to the month of Tishrei. Every one of these last 12 days of the year, we're empowered to correct anything that was missing in one of the months of the year. So today we're able to empower to fix up whatever we were missing last Rosh Hashanah, last Yom Kippur, last Yom Kastera, and prepare and make a good decision for this coming Rosh Hashanah. So this, this theme of Rosh Hashanah is identical to entering Eretz Yisrael. It's about entering a new time. Just like going into Eretz Yisrael was entering a new space where there's a foreign reality to Godliness. On the other hand, the reality that God's deepest desire is fulfilled in, that that's where he wants a home in. So, so that is why also Rosh Hashanah is associated with the word Malchus, with the word sovereignty. Sovereignty, again, doesn't mean an ego trip. Sovereignty means Hashem's decision to, go, to, to enter relationship with us. In Kabbalah, Malchus, sovereignty is associated with a mouth. Because just like you use your mouth to communicate, so too the sphere of Malchus is where Hashem communicates and creates a new reality. Before there is Rosh Hashanah, before there is a sphere of Malchus, before there is, so to speak, God's mouth, all there is is the truth of God's reality. What introduces and creates a, this farm reality is, is the mouth, just like with ourselves. Our mouth is what communicates to people outside of ourselves. So to the ten utterances that God said on Rosh Hashanah, God said, let there be light, let there be a world. Those ten utterances, specifically God said, let there be man, on the sixth day of creation, the day of Rosh Hashanah, these utterances of Hashem introduced a new foreign reality, a reality that was, so to speak, separate from Hashem, much as our words become separate from us when, once we speak them, so too the, uh, the words that Hashem cre- said created a reality that feels like, it's not really, but feels like it is a separate entity from Hashem. So, on Rosh Hashanah, <clears throat> Hashem says, I want you to coronate me as a king. I want you to accept, to fulfill my purpose in creation. <clears throat> yes, there is a world and you have a feel like you're a separate entity, etc., etc. But Hashem says, I want you to devote yourself to me and to fulfill my purpose in creation. So, our devotion to Hashem, our acceptance of God's sovereignty is what causes there to be new speech, so to speak. New words to usher forth from the reality above in the world of Atsilos to this world. So, in a nutshell, where, where, what, have we, what have we learned today? On Rosh Hashanah, God makes a covenant with us, and we make a covenant with God. And the reason we're making a covenant with God is because we're entering into a new space, a new time. We're entering into God's renewing His creation. He's making a world. He said, I'm going to do this. So we are the beneficiaries of this world that God has created and God gives and sustains and animates every single thing in the world every moment. So on Rosh Hashanah, Hashem asks us to coronate Him, to accept His sovereignty, and to fulfill His will in this new reality that He created. Although it's a new farm reality, it's a whole new godly energy that was never here before, as we learned recently in Tanya, there's a brand new light that God's going to bring the world of Shoshanah. And it's a new new reality. It's, it's not the same kind of reality as the world of Atsilas. It's something 
but we make this covenant with them that we're going to stay focused on Yehudi Allah. We're going to stay focused on the truth that we know deep, deep in our neshamas. We're not going to lose sight of, of, um, of what the goal of creation is. And that's also why uh, Rosh Hashanah and Eretz Yisrael and the Oral Torah are connect are all the same. The Oral Torah is, is the same theme as well. What's the Oral Torah? There is a truth of the written Torah. There is a truth of Hashem's wisdom and will. But then there's implementing it in the world, making it actually happening. There's a guy who's making a business deal with someone else and he is exchanging his ox with his bull and the modern day applications of 2021 are, are all derived from the Oral Torah. What's Oral Torah about? Oral Torah is about fulfilling God's will in this new farm reality. It's not the pristine truth of Hashem in the written Torah. It's about what actually happens on the ground. So that's why there's new covenant on with the oral Torah or Shoshana and everything. Anything that's so l'chaim l'chaim. We should use out this wonderful day. This is if you're someone is wants to, to uh, approach one day of the year and catch it in and, and and make that day count. This is the day because if you catch today Chayelo, you've corrected all of last year because everything's included in Rosh Hashanah, and you've also empowered all the future year because everything's connected to the future day of Rosh Hashanah. So L'chaim, we should connect it to Hashem on this day in a, in a new way, in, with a new increases bris, a new promise, a new covenant. And God should bless each of us and all of us with the chesivach semateva, shantev, mesukot, evanir, v'anigla, v'biyas, meshech, v'karev, v'amish. L'chaim. V'yontav, 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 v'